the verses that we hear from Jeremiah today are really part of a letter of his um, about really how to keep faith when the world is falling apart. Luke chapter 17 verses 11 to 19. Jesus heals 10 men with leprosy. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus travelled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, 10 men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, Rise and go, your faith has made you well. So Jesus is passing through the borderland between Galilee and Samaria, where we know there will be tensions because Jews and Samaritans don't get on. Um, and there he meets a group of lepers who are excluded from their own communities, but therefore find fellowship um, together, despite the, 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 the natural barrier between them. And uh, they keep their natural distance from Jesus. They know their place. They know that they can't go too close. They call out to him. And Jesus tells them to go to see the priest. Now, in those days, the priest was the person who could certify that you were cleansed from your leprosy and therefore could return to your everyday life. And so that's what they do. And on their way, they discover in themselves that they are healed. Nine of them continue to go and see the priest. They are keen to go and get their certification. They are keen to get on with their lives. They've got the, day, the, the business of the day to attend to. They want to get back to normality. Just one of them, and of course it is the Samaritan, just one of them thinks and goes back and gives thanks to Jesus. One of them recognizes the blessing that he has received, and before he gets on with the rest of the day, before he gets his certification, he wants to go and acknowledge the gift that he has been given and give thanks. And uh, so often we take things for granted. So often we take the gift of each day for granted. We want to get on with the business of the day. We have things to do, people to see, and so we don't stop and give thanks. Tom Wright, in his commentary on this passage, uh, says this. We know with our heads, if we have any Christian faith at all, that our God is a giver of all things. Every mouthful of food we take, every breath of air we inhale, every note of music we hear, every smile on the face of a friend, a child, a spouse, all that and a million things more are good gifts from his generosity. The world didn't need to be like this. It could have been far more drab. 
But even there, God can spring his surprises. And so let us stop and give thanks for all that God has done for us, all that he is for us, all those things that so readily we take for granted. We commence from verse 1. This is the text of the letter that the prophet Jeremiah sent from Jerusalem to the surviving elders among the exiles and to the priests, the prophets and all other people Nebuchadnezzar had carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in numbers there, do not decrease. Also seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. This is what the Lord says, when 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my gracious promise to bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will find, seek, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and places where I have banished you, declares the Lord, and I will bring you back to the place from which I carried you into exile. And so the verses that we hear from Jeremiah today are really part of a letter of his um, about really how to keep faith when the world is falling apart. Because you see about 600 years before Christ, give or take, the Hebrew people were subject to something that was for them a national and a political and a military humiliation at the hands of the Babylonian Empire. Um, and their leading citizens, including the royal court and others, were carried off into exile into Babylon. So they were forced to be in a place that they didn't know and where they didn't want to be. 
They were forced to be among people probably whose language they didn't speak and whom they hadn't chosen to be amongst. You probably don't remember Psalm 137, but you probably do remember Boney M's version of it, the familiar words of, by the rivers of Babylon. There we sat down, yeah, we wept when we remembered Zion. That's the time and the context of Jeremiah's words and prophecy and letter. He's writing from Jerusalem to those who have been forced to move to Babylon. Their world has certainly fallen apart. And so as we begin to think about these verses and I begin to speak about them, let's just acknowledge that theirs is an experience beyond ours. And it's beyond our comprehension, really. Though as we do think about these words and as I speak about them, maybe we should also be mindful of those who today are refugees or those who are trafficked or those who are far from home. We are mindful that there are many Ukrainians in and around our communities now, but there are other refugees who are hidden from our view, such as those who are from Afghanistan. Maybe it would be interesting to hear something of their story today or have them reflect on the text from their perspective. But perhaps today we might notice just a few things about Jeremiah's advice. How to keep faith when the world is changing and uncertain, maybe falling apart. When you're in a situation which is not of your choosing and you are struggling. And the first thing maybe we should notice is that keeping faith is about being realistic. Because you see there were other prophets telling a story that would have been easier for those captives to hear. Prophets who were saying things like, well, don't worry. This will all be over before long. God will rescue you. You'll be back home soon. Jeremiah says, no. You need to recognize the situation for what it is. You need to adapt to the situation you find yourselves in. You need to settle. You need to find uh, husbands and wives for your children. You need to put down roots. This is going to be your new reality for the time being. Probably not an easy message for them to hear, but it is a dose of realism about being honest about the situation. I was at uh, Poundsgate Chapel last Sunday, and in the service we heard from two women who were involved in an arts project up on Dartmoor. Their names are Olwyn and Helen. And they've come to have a particular interest um, in old chapels up on the moor, and they've visited them, and they've written poems about some of them. And in the service, we reflected on the communities that used to inhabit those chapels, communities of miners. We've, we've, we reflected on full chapels, busy Sunday schools. Whereas now, many of those buildings have been sold on. The traditional mining communities are no longer there. And it was good to celebrate and recall how past generations had lived out their faith and their church life up on Dartmoor. But we could easily have become melancholy. We could have moaned about all those things that have been lost, about closed chapels, about dwindling congregations. But we have to be real about where we are. We are inhabiting our chapels today with the people that we have. We are the Christian community for today, not the Christian community of the past. And then again, I was talking to someone just the other day about some surgery he's just had. And the person said, well, this is life-changing. 
as they come to uh, start to come to terms with a new reality for the time being. So Jeremiah says, when the world is a changed place, there is something about remaining faithful, which is about being honest and open about where we are, about being realistic. And then again, maybe we should notice that Jeremiah says to those exiles that their faithfulness is about seeking the welfare and the prosperity of the place where they now reluctantly find themselves and work for the peace and the prosperity of its people. Just as, I guess, we as a nation have been enriched over the generations by people from different parts of the world who have made their home here amongst us in this country. And I gather, probably, again, it's not an easy thing for those exiles to hear. These Babylonians are their natural enemies, aren't they, at this point in history? It might have been easy for them to wish them harm. Jeremiah, again, says no. Later Judaism then tried to shut itself off, tried to keep it separate um, and supposedly pure, Think about all the rules about Gentiles and Jews not mixing in Jesus' day. But that's not here. Instead, Jeremiah says, seek the peace and the prosperity of the city to which I have carried you in exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you will too will prosper. In other words, Jeremiah is saying, be engaged with the community around about you and its people and the issues which concerns it. Play your part. Contribute as you can. Hold it in prayer. Because I guess when the world is in a difficult place, when the world is falling apart, our faith is needed for the benefit of others. If others prosper, you will prosper says Jeremiah. It sounds like a bit of uh, enlightened self-interest to those exiles, doesn't it? If others prosper, you will prosper also. But on another level, I think it's about our interconnectedness, just as human beings. I think I will probably have told you before about the story of my uh, colleague and friend, Tony. Uh, Tony is a Methodist minister, and he's a great long-distance walker. And uh, many years ago, on one of the walks that he undertook, and I think it was probably somewhere in Africa, he came across a community where the traditional greeting was, are you well? With the response, I am well, if you are well. In other words, we are in part responsible for the well-being of each other. That is what Jeremiah, in part, is saying to those exiles in Babylon. And I suppose on a different level again, if God is in the business of bringing peace and well-being and prosperity to people, then maybe what Jeremiah is also saying is to be a part of the kingdom and the ministry of God where you are. Be a part of his blessing, not just to your own friends, your own family, to your own group, but to the people around about you. Gone are the days, hopefully, when church people and the church shut itself behind its own walls and ignored the world outside. We are called to seek the prosperity and the well-being of the communities and the people where we are set, because God has placed us here. 
And then the third thing, and the thing that we must certainly notice from this passage about Jeremiah's letter to the exiles in Babylon, is this, when the world seems to be falling apart, maintain your hope. Maintain your hope. Because remember that the Hebrews' uh, religion and faith was founded on the memory that God had seen them and heard them when they were slaves in Egypt and he had rescued them and he had brought them across the Red Sea and after a period in the wilderness he had brought them to a promised land where eventually they had a temple and a settled life. They had promises and uh, commitments to, to celebrate the harvest and all those regular things across the year. But now, here they were back in someone else's land defeated and subjects of another nation. They were back where they had started. And you can imagine them asking, well, where is God in all of this? What is our future now? Has God abandoned us and forgotten us? And so to them in that situation, alongside a message of realism, get your children married, settle down, this is where you're going to be. Alongside that, Jeremiah assures them, God hasn't finished with you. You are still his people. Even when you can't see him clearly, he still sees you. He is still with you where you are right now. Even if that's not where you wanted to be, this is not the situation that you chose for yourself, he is still here with you. He still has a purpose for you. Continue to focus on him. Continue to seek him. Do not give up on hope, says Jeremiah, even in the uncertainties. Here at Bovey, we still have a boys' brigade company. I hope to visit it uh, this evening. And behind me somewhere is a standard. And on that standard is their symbol and their um, emblem, the anchor based, of course, on that old, traditional, much-loved hymn, Will Your Anchor Hold in the Storms of Life? Don't give up on hope, says Jeremiah. And maybe this is a timely passage for where we are today. We live in a strange world, a world that in some ways seems to be falling apart, environmentally and economically and politically. We live at a time of transition as a church, but maybe at times it feels that we are in exile. Maybe in our own lives we face times that are strange and changing, and we are, find ourselves in an uncertain place. And maybe, therefore, those things that I have noticed this morning from Jeremiah's letter, how to keep faith when the world is falling apart, how to keep faith when you're in a time of uncertainty and struggle, maybe those things still have a time, something to say to us. Be real and honest about how things are and where you are. Continue to play our part, your part, for the well-being of others, to be a part of God's kingdom where you are because God is with you and has placed you where you are. And perhaps above all else, to keep hold of our faith in the God who revealed his love to us in the humility, the humanity, the vulnerability, the dying and the rising again of Jesus. The God who is with us and for us. The God who watches over us. 
the God who is present through his spirit, the God who will not let us go and binds us together. Let us be honest and real. Let us continue to play our part and let us hold on to faith. adapted from recorded Zoom services held by Teambridge Methodist Circuit Coastal Section. Full videos can be viewed on their YouTube channel. Music is taken from worship audio tracks, all rights reserved. <laughs>